we're doing maintenance on my refrigerator while my wife is trying to prepare Thanksgiving. Oh, oh, oh no. Change advisory board says denied, man. You know? <laughs> it better be emergency. You could Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restored All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup. And as always, I have with me my forum financial <laughs> advisor, FFA, Prasada Maliandi. How's it going, Prasada? I'm good. I'm glad you finally now see that I do more things than just watch YouTube videos. Yes, you also <laughs> follow forums and give advice based on things that you learned about. Ah, I never give advice. Oh, I that's just right. I'm sorry. You are not giving. You are not yes. giving financial advice. Exactly. I just relay what I read. <laughs> right. 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 Because <laughs> um, you know, I, you and I have been talking about things like 401ks, and it's always nice to have somebody to bounce things off. And I'm always, every time I have a conversation with you, just like all the other, all the YouTube topics, <laughs> you always go, "Well, have you thought about the XYZ PDQ one two three? And I go. What are those three things? I've never even heard of those three things. And so, no, I haven't talked about them. And you're like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's blah, 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 blah. And I'm it's like, just okay. random pieces of information, which is in my head. Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, once again, you know, thank you for your, <laughs> for your usual advice. I'm sorry, your non-advice. Yes, my non-advice. Your non-advice, your topics of discussion that we have discussed. <laughs> where you? It's like philosophy a little, right? You just What's discuss that? topics. It's like philosophy. You just discuss topics. That's it. Yes. If <laughs> if your stock portfolio drops in value and you're not logged into your uh, you know web browser to see it, did it really happen? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have uh, a, a, another guest who has never been on our podcast before, and I, I'm super excited to have him. We found him wandering around Twitter. <laughs> he, He's an old friend of mine, and uh, he he started. He and I found ourselves discussing the Facebook outage uh, a while back. That you may recall that you know we'll we'll probably recall that story a little bit uh, as we get going. He's been in IT uh, over twenty five years. He is now a technical marketing architect at VMware, and so welcome to the podcast, Bob Plankers. Oh, thanks for having me. It is nice to be on. It's been a while since I've done a podcast, and it's been a while since I've talked to you. So you know, yeah, you know, know. is that a good or a bad thing, Bob? uh, It's a good (laughs) physical presence. uh, With uh, you know, I think the first time I met Curtis was uh, um, Tech Field Day. I think, Uh, and uh, I think that evening was full of sambuca. Uh, You and John Obeto discovered I didn't, I never had tried sambuca and so uh you hooked me up and that was interesting but uh yeah no we've had good times together did you like sambuca when you drank it with me? Uh, it's it's different it's all right you know like i'm a connoisseur of many fine liqueurs throughout the world did, did we do clear sambuca or black sambuca do you remember 
I think we did everything. So the uh, uh, yes, uh, I think we did clear uh, clear stuff. I don't re- recall the black. Yeah, sambuca. you know, it's if funny, there's a black sambuca, I might have to actually like. I'm I'm really not I'm a make big a drinker, right? But you know, I used I used to call myself a trade show alcoholic. Like I like I <laughs> I, I can go that. weeks without having a drink at mm-hmm. home, right? And when I do drink, I drink not that much, and I don't really enjoy getting like plastered. Um, oh, no. and so Hangover especially yeah, especially older, at, yeah. At, yeah, at my age. Right. But, but Sambuca, I, there's something about it. I, and, and those of you that have had it, you're like, most of you are like, Oh, right. You, you shuddered like scar when he heard, when he said Mufasa, right. You're like, Ooh, Sambuca, <laughs> right. Um, cause it, you know, you're like, I, the, the taste of licorice is gross. And you're like, why would you put it in your mouth? The really funny thing is I hate black licorice. But I love Sambuca. And yeah. is it I've like Jaeger? I've never had Sambuca. Yeah, it's, it's got a really strong anise flavor. Yeah. Got, uh, you know, yeah. Jaeger's less anise y, it's got more herbal sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. It's like yeah. if you imagine like melting a licorice stick mm. <laughs> into, into, a, uh, into a drink, that's yeah. pretty. And it's just, it's a, it's a liqueur. Uh, and I, d- I didn't know how much I could drink until one day. I was at one of these events. It wasn't a tech field day, but it was a similar event where someone else was paying for the alcohol. It, it was only like a two hour event. Right. And they came up to the event and they go, thanks for the bill. And I was like, what? They said, well, I know you're the only one that drinks Sambuca and you apparently <laughs> had six doubles. Wow. And I was like, come on, really? Yeah. And apparently I had, so I had had 12 Sambucas in the span of two to three hours and I was well, fine. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's that high in alcohol content. I, I don't know. I so, think it is. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We could research, research that, own, but, but I don't currently have any in my inventory. 38%. 38%. Oh, that's not bad. That's pretty standard. 80 proof. There's a tax thing at above 80 proof. So uh, li- liquor stays under that, <laughs> that sort of thing. So. Anyhow, people are like, are we on the liquor podcast or the, uh, <laughs> what podcast? This week's podcast. We never know. talking about resiliency. We're going to be talking well, about alcohol. You know, one yeah. resilience, you know, lack of resilience leads to <laughs> drinking in many cases, I suspect. So like, you know, yeah. like, I think so, it's completely related, you know, like, I, yeah. I, I think, well, I will think that I'm sure, I, I'm sure that, uh, some Facebook, I'm sorry, meta employees well back then they were facebook they employees. were facebook back then yeah. i'm sure they had a few drinks after this event that yeah. you know we can recall so how long were they down like it was like a day they were down it? for like, the like several bulk hours. of a day yeah you know it was it was pretty nasty and for an organization that size and so well renowned for their uh, their resilience mechanisms <laughs> right, like right. Uh, you know like the extent that they go to to double check and automate things, right. to automate problems out of their environment, to uh, uh, run uh, checks against changes and things like that. To know, right. uh, you know, the it's the build a better mousetrap. You know, like the uh, uh, I used to behind me. You can't see it on the podcast cast, but uh, I can't see it right now. I used to have uh, something that says uh, a sign that said "Let's make better mistakes tomorrow." You know, and that always seemed like what. 
Facebook was trying to do. That's all. Let's not make the same mistake twice. And so they'd automate that stuff out. And that's right. a really admirable thing. That's really cool. Many organizations should really try to adopt that. You know, when they have the same same problem twice, you should really ask yourself how do how do you get rid of this? You know, how do we stop having this mistake? And they did that, and they just got caught caught unawares by dependencies is what it yeah. amounted to. You yeah, know, exactly. Like, when and nothing I, I, goes down, it's easy to forget that stuff will go down from time to time, you know? Yeah. By the way, I, I, speaking of like employers and meta and whatnot, I'll, I'll just mention the three of us work for three different employers, Persona for Zoom, I for Druva, and Bob for VMware. None of us are speaking for our respective employers. We're all just, you know, a couple of folks talking about IT here. Yeah. Um, and also... Remember uh, to rate us at ratethispodcast.com slash restore. And also, if, you know, you got stuff to talk about, we'd love to talk to you. You know, um, we're just a couple come of down folks and hanging chat with out. Us. Yeah, come down and chat with us. And, um, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a friendly environment, right, Bob? Friendly? It is. Yeah, you two hey, are It's great. friendly, Bob. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're not twisting my arm at all. Ow. Ow, <laughs> exactly. As I've been mentioning each week, this is your host, W. Curtis Preston, and we are giving away a free ebook version of my new book, Modern Data Protection, courtesy of O'Reilly and Associates, to one new subscriber each week. So if you subscribe to our mailing list on backupcentral.com, you will then be eligible for the drawing to win a free ebook copy of my new book. I have already done the drawing, and this week's winner is Harold. Lux. So congratulations and good luck to the rest of you next time. So so before we get further into kind of like talking about Facebook going down, maybe we should sort of recap what happened. Uh, yeah, because so, people may not Yeah, that's kind of what that. that's yeah. kind of what I was yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree, Persona. Uh you, you want to talk? <laughs> you want to do it? Yeah. I don't remember enough of the details. Well, I mean <laughs> it's, that, it's, that, that, everything went down, everyone was complaining. Right. Uh, Facebook wasn't working. WhatsApp wasn't working. Instagram wasn't working. Right. So all of um, the all of the parts of the meta universe uh, were down. I knew and, it was down because my wife was like, uh, Facebook isn't working and WhatsApp isn't working. What's going on? Right. It's our Internet. Yeah, you know, <laughs> general productivity of the planet probably spiked by, you know, 10 to 20 percent uh, during the outage, you know, but uh, um I do like that uh, Twitter Twitter came on, like the CEO of Twitter came on and said, hey, well, we're still up. And Twitter, Twitter yeah. usage spiked for a few hours. Yeah. Reddit as well. <laughs> the that does not surprise me yeah. you know we need our we need our social media fix but uh, also figuring out what's what's down you know because or what's going on because there's a lot of interdependencies other sites have facebook uh things on them loading in that trackers and, and facebook login and all that stuff facebook login yeah, right. all that stuff you know and right. all of a sudden people are realizing how dependent we are on this one single gigantic service. And so, as I recall though, the uh, um, there was a, a, a configuration change checked in that uh, ultimately uh, didn't work. It caused routing issues. And my, then- my, inter uh, my understand they deleted that, what was they delete? They deleted their- DNS, burn, right? No, well, not, their not DNS, DNS the... didn't get deleted. The routes, the BGP oh, routes the BGP for- yeah, it was an automated response. Oh, I was just uh, going to say it was an automated response to, so something didn't work right. Something went offline. Another automated response 
uh, took routes offline. Uh, DNS wasn't down. It was just unreachable because all these things started making decisions about failing over in that, assuming that, you know, another, they've got how many data centers all over the place? Like right. assuming that another data center will just pick up the load, you know, and unfortunately that wasn't the case. And so all these things become disconnected. DNS becomes disconnected. And all of a sudden you, uh, you can't resolve uh, names, you know, that's yeah, pretty I important. Thought, I and thought you the can't get to go ahead. stuff. Yeah, I thought the no, core ahead, thing no. was that they had deleted, that somebody had deleted the BGP routes to their, like, core DNS servers, and that once that happened, then nobody could go anywhere. And and then the, the thing to sort of add insult to injury, because you couldn't get to whatever it is they couldn't get to, they needed to physically go into the data centers. And then what happened? Well, and that's the thing. So their official statement is that uh, configuration changes on their backbone routers that coordinate network traffic between the data centers caused issues and interrupted communication. So yes, BGP routes were, were deleted, routes came down, you couldn't get to anything. And then they started discovering that, uh, you know, the, the peril that you have when everything is up all the time or very resilient is that you don't plan for what happens when it's all down, you know, every, yeah, all of this is, interconnected. Yeah. Stuff. To the point where they ended up, the story, whether it's true or not, I like to think it was true. They might just be, you know, a little ashamed of it. And I don't think there's any shame in this. Honestly, I think it's a, this is a great uh, learning, uh, <laughs> a, a great exercise, a great learning uh, experience here for, for a, lot of, a lot yeah. of folks. Yeah. You know, a good idea to talk about this stuff. Um, but, you know, to the point where they're, the doors on their racks for their servers uh, are controlled with, um, and I've had this in my past where, you know, the locks on the, the rack doors are controlled with card ID access or whatever. And that goes off to some remote system, which is probably using DNS or it's dependent on something across the network and the network isn't there. So these things fail closed. You know, you don't want, you don't want attackers right. being able to disrupt your network connectivity and then have all the doors pop open. And you know, that's <laughs> right. a movie plot, but it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't happen in real life. You want things to fail closed. Right. So they can't get into their racks and it's great that, you know, if they did have to take a grinder to the rack, that's great. You know, like I think that's in a reasonable amount of risk there uh, finding some dude with a grinder or a saw and being able to cut it open, you know, that means that their racks are fairly secure Right, you know, and so, and then they could bootstrap their whole environment again. Get in there, put those routes back, and everything will pop back in. Yeah, I wonder if there was also a uh, what do you call it the um, the system that tracks all your like assets? Isn't there a name for that? Oh, CMDB, configuration yeah. management database. Yeah, there you go. So like there, yeah. if their CMDB was also down, <laughs> so well, they did, that's so they didn't thing. know which rack they needed to angle grind. <laughs> Well, you don't know which rack yeah. uh, to angle grind. You don't know who to call. That's something that in my past, uh, you know, like uh, everything's down. And who do you call? Well, they're, let's just look. Oh, wait, we can't look them up because the system that holds their information is down out in the data center, you know. And so how do you deal with that? You know, hopefully and, someone uh, has that giant disaster recovery book. Like a well, physical book with a people. physical book. That was our fix yeah. for it. You know, um, we um, and technologists like to make complicated solutions <laughs> because we think we're clever. Okay. Mm. And clever, th this is not a space for clever. The, uh, this is a space for dead simple. Tried and true. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cause there's already enough problems. The, uh, um, 
And in my past, we've had, you know, I did a lot of incident response and uh, in, uh, you know, in that case where, you know, we don't even know who to call, uh, you know, well, what if we exported the configuration management database? What if we exported that to a laptop somewhere or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know what the fix was? Print it out. Not print, What's yeah, it print, it out. Yeah. print it out. And the data center doors were metal. We took a big magnet and stuck them, stuck the printout to the door, you know, done. And uh, it's very simple, very easy. And somebody once a quarter had to remember to update uh, it. And it just became once a quarter. We all made sure that we could log into an alternate. We had an alternate chat uh, solution uh, somewhere off site. So that if all heck was breaking loose, we could go over there and check in, coordinate that way. Uh, so once a quarter, we try practice that once a quarter, we exported, we'd export a lot of stuff to PDFs and just email it to people. People would save it to OneDrive or whatever, right. nothing confidential or whatever. We told right. people to use their head, but you know, a lot of us kept it somewhere secure, but off site. And then, uh, um, we had a safety deposit box in a bank in the area that we'd take a copy of that stuff over to and drop it off. And then, uh, um, yeah. And then print out a new contact sheet and stick it to the door you know and so yeah call it done check you know and this was just your contact sheet look at how many like people and places it's gone to right and i can only imagine like all the other information as well right yeah you know like having an um an asset inventory you know even a even a rudimentary what needs to come up first yeah sort of thing uh, you know, like there's in most data centers, you want the network to come up first and then probably D- network services, DNS, DHCP, that sort of stuff. Storage can then come up um, and then other stuff, you know, like you probably KVM, if you've got that, you know, all of the other things. But as soon as you start writing that stuff down. Um, well, that's when, well, yeah, that's when you have to talk about the dependencies, right? Because it's like, well, well we can't turn on our thing if we don't like the KVM, right? We, you know, mm-hmm. if, if we don't have the KVM up, we can't access these things over here. Um, you know, so it, you, you have to understand what those dependencies are. I, I do think, you know, you, you really hit the nail on the head is that they, they, they had built such a resilient infrastructure that they, that they never had thought about, well, what happens like none of when this it's all is available, off. right? Yeah. They're like, well, that would never happen. Well, we've even seen this. We've yeah. seen this at VMware too. You know, vMotion gets people into trouble, you know, like uh, you can create circular dependencies uh, with your infrastructure systems by, and I saw this both when I was in IT operations, uh, somebody had migrated, had vMotioned, the authoritative name server for our organization onto our VMware environment in, in, well, into a place in the VMware, our VMware infrastructure, our virtual, virtual infrastructure that relied on it in order to boot. So the thing that it needs to boot is inside Uh, the thing, you know, and, uh, um, and we've seen this too encryption. It's possible to put key managers that hold the keys for your encrypted storage on the storage itself, you oh. know, you see that from time to time. Yeah, you know, and you just go, ah, oh, but it's so easy to do. Yeah. You know, it's, this stuff is so enabling and in that you just, you, you got to have presence of mind, you yeah. know, like is what I'm doing a really good idea or not? And, and everything's become yeah. so abstract that the people who are creating the applications or the databases or whatever else, right? They don't mm-hmm. actually know where it runs in the infrastructure anymore no. or what those dependencies are. And in fact, I would say like with complicated environments today, like I don't even... 
think a single person can keep all those dependencies in their head anymore, right? Yeah, or even no. try to put it down on paper. Yeah, and there's an immense amount of trust in the the infrastructure. There's immense amounts of trust in things, and you know, I worry about. Uh, I don't worry about Kubernetes, but you know, like the, uh, uh, but that's a whole level of complexity and automation that's just doing stuff, you know, like and kind of what you're getting to, persona. The, you know, we've gotten so far ab- abstracted, so far away from the the infrastructure that that we rely on the even just the physical localities yeah. you know who knows right. where this stuff runs does <laughs> right. it run in europe yeah. does it run in the u.s does it run yeah. in antarctica where do, where is this stuff and you you know there's a lot of hand waving and people saying oh you shouldn't care about that but you know sometimes you do and yeah that's interesting you know you you made you re- you reminded me of a of a joke though uh you saw you saw um inception right yeah, oh yeah. You, you know the technology lesson from Inception, right? If, if you run a VM in, inside a VM inside a VM, things are really slow. Oh yeah, we use that <laughs> analogy all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, which is know, actually true. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is true. Um, the uh, you also reminded me of you. You talked about when you were talking about the the magnetic stuff on the door. It reminded me of a a hundred years ago and a, and a and hundred lifetimes ago when I was, uh, you know, the backup guy at, uh, MBNA, which was at that time, the second largest credit card company. And we had mag locks on the doors, right? Oh and yeah. And the way they worked was if you opened both doors, like it's a double white door. If you open both mm-hmm. doors, the mag locks would, would both work. But if you open one door that it, it only opened up that one, and then you couldn't open the other one later without, rebadging. Does that make okay. sense? Okay. Yeah, I think so. And because yeah. there was this metal bar in there, if you opened it the wrong way, it, the doors would be partially, you know, open, open. Uh, but we were in, we had this, uh, we had our first ever mainframe outage. Okay. And me and my boss's 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 boss were in the tape library. And by tape library, I mean the room with all the tapes in it. <clears throat> and we were we had established what was going to happen, right? What was next? And everybody was good. Everybody's good. Everybody's good. Okay, all right. It's time to leave. Well, the maglock was was uh, messed up, so I pushed. I reached over to push the button to undo the maglock so that we could mm-hmm. walk out the doors. <laughs> yeah, big and red I, button on the wall. I yeah. pushed the wrong big red button. Oh, dude, EPO or something? <laughs> yeah, EPO. <laughs> and, Emergency uh, power out. Off. Yeah. yeah. And I, I took down the data center uh, just prior to the mainframe coming back up. And so I extended our first ever mainframe outage by multiple hours because nice bringing shot. us back to the point, no one knew how to turn everything back on. <laughs> because yeah. it had never been done before. Well, that's the right? thing. That stuff yeah. takes practice, you know, and most organizations stink at incident response because they haven't practiced it, which is right. good, you know, that's good, you know, but it, it's, but it's bad um, at the same time. So what, so, so <laughs> what do you, bad, you yes. know, like, yeah. so what do you think they, uh, th- they could have done, um, you know, well, that's a hard one, you know, like they've, they've automated a ton of stuff. They've gotten a lot of the, the, uh, so whatever, whatever caused the problem, they definitely need to, uh, check for in their automation, you know, that's, you know, problem number one, but you know, um, I don't know. It's, 
And, and by the way, I'll just say we are totally Monday morning quarterbacking. We weren't at the game. We didn't even watch oh, yeah. the game. Yeah, I'm not even sure what the game is. We don't even know what, what really <laughs> happened at the game. We haven't yeah, even seen you know, video of the game. I think most organizations, you know, what for, it, it. So after an outage, after an incident, uh, what really worked for us all all the time was was blameless postmortems. You mm-hmm. know, like, and this has yep. been something that has. I mean, we're talking about 15 or 20 years ago. We were doing these. Uh, you know, it kind of, um, they've become popular people talk about them more vocally nowadays, but, uh, we really, you know, many, many, many years ago, we really got past the, the, you know, whose fault is this? You know, who cares whose fault it was, you know, like fault. The reason we got here was all the reason we had an incident or we had trouble recovering from it was always this weird combination of you know budgets and politics and uh technical decisions based on budgets and politics and staffing and staff time and all of this stuff and uh you know and so we we always just settle down into like it's nobody's fault can we do this better you know and maybe it's just an individual person doing something better maybe we need some process improvement technology companies a lot of a lot of a lot of technologists and that really, really think about, about using technology to solve these problems. But, you know, a, a friend of mine t- told me once a long time ago, technology doesn't solve people problems. A lot of these things are, are people problems. And, you know, a little bit of process, a little bit of education, a little bit of practice, you know, and that's so, you know, for us quarterly logging into our incident response, you know, backup systems, making sure that they worked, you know, the backup chat server, that sort of thing. Uh, checking to make sure that somebody didn't do something dumb, you know, our access, we got bit once by access control lists. We had a big power outage once. Uh, and uh, um, yeah, that was an interesting outage. Uh, we had discovered that there was a, um, speaking of process, that there was a process problem in the maintenance manual for one of our, uh, um, for our tr- automatic transfer switches, the power switches. Uh, a lot of or a lot of buildings will have a, a transfer switch in them that has all these power inputs, a generator, a battery backup bank, UPS, whatever, uh, maybe multiple connections to the power grid. And then it'll these transfer switches decide what the preferred thing is to, to run the building off of, you know, mm-hmm. usually the power grid, but whatever. If the power grid's not there, take UPS while the generators are starting and then take the generator right. after that, that sort of thing. And uh, um discovered once that you know the maintenance manual was missing a page missing the page that told told us to uh, um to replace the configuration battery you know the little button cell that's inside the cr2032 cell was it really inside, you know, really a little a dollar, cr2032 a little watch battery yeah it's a little watch battery wow. 2032 cell right in the front you take the faceplate off and replace it you should do this once a year and that turns out you know in the 10 years we had these transfer switches uh nobody did that because the page was missing you know like and it literally went from like page 52 to to 54 there was no page 53 (laughs) there and uh, um you know whoops and so we finally had a situation you know with with as time goes to infinite all probabilities go to one you know like uh, we finally had a building wide we had a situation where all the whole building lost power and the transfer switch lost power you know transfer switches are nice because they are always powered by something 
running, you know, like, uh, but you know, we had a generator failure and that's a whole other thing. The, uh, uh, you know, generator maintenance was done improperly. We had a generator failure, the power grid was down and the UPS only runs for a little while. You know, when you have a generator, you don't need that many batteries. And, uh, um, so it finally failed and, you know, and the transfer switches lost all their configuration. They came up and they didn't want to make a bad decision. So they didn't make any decision, you know, and whoops, you know, and we didn't, we were ill prepared for that. But, uh, you know, and so the response to things depends on what the outage was, you know, whose fault was that, you know, was that uh, our fault for not noticing that we were missing a page 53? Yes, it was totally your fault. (laughs) Yeah, it was probably my fault. You know, I had nothing to do with that. Uh, But, you know, as a virtualization guy, it was pretty much always my fault because the virtualization (laughs) layer could be blamed on everything pretty much or blamed for everything. But, uh, uh. yeah, you know, whose fault was that? Uh, you know, was it ours for no, not noticing that the page was missing or not counting the pages? Uh, was it um, whoever installed it? You know, was it whoever photocopied the manual for us? I don't know, you know, but the point is we just move on, fix it and move on. Right. That power so, outage. Oh, go ahead, Persona. Uh, no, 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 go ahead, finish your story. Oh, I was just going to say, we discovered all kinds of other stuff there too, you know, that we could only get in because of security work that had been done, we could only get into, there were no backdoor access mechanisms into our infrastructure. So we couldn't even put up an outage page. We actually had uh, systems designed as an outage page and that they Mm -hmm. were off site, you know, all that stuff, but we couldn't get into them because they assumed we were always coming from our corporate IP or enterprise IP addresses or the VPN and we couldn't get in there. You know, I ended up physically going (laughs) to a server breaking into the server, not wholly unlike the Facebook stories, you know, like, and logging in at the console so that we could put up an outage page, you know, like typing it in from the console, the typing in the HTML from the console. <laughs> oh you know, my like, gosh. How, yeah. How far have we fallen? <laughs> you know, like, and so there's one of the best things you can do in the middle of an outage, in my opinion, is take notes, you know, and take just have a running notepad, carry a notepad. I always carried a little notebook with me and took notes, stuff that's messed up that we need to look at in the future. And so, and then we just pick through it, you know, like nobody's fault, but we need to do better, please. You know, let's make better mistakes tomorrow. No, I like that going through and doing a postmortem, understanding like what failed, why it failed. And especially like you said, making sure it's blameless, right? You want to be objective, right? You don't want to put all the blame on one person. Right. Mm -hmm. But just take it as a learning experience. One of the other things that I was recently introduced to was actually thinking about like a pre-mortem. I know typically we talk about a Mm post-mortem, but thinking about a pre-mortem where you're actually going through and saying, okay, what happens if X, Y, and Z, even before you get to the point of encountering a failure, right? Do I have a backup plan in place in case going back to the people processes you were talking about, Bob, it's like, oh, if so-and-so is not available, what happens? Right. And kind of going through that checklist and therefore you can sort of mitigate those risks even before you encounter the situation. You're probably not going to be able to cover 100 percent of the issues. No, but right. But at least you'll be able to address the common ones or the things that you're like, oh, I didn't think about that. I'm glad now we have something in place. If if people did that more often, I think they'd have better uh, they'd have better maintenance windows, better maintenance 
operations and things like that. You know, the, what happens if this goes wrong? Yeah. You know, that's, that's all mindset that you kind of have to learn, mm-hmm. you know, and people call it pessimism, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, why are you so yeah. negative, Bob? You know, like, and, uh, well, one, I'm just built that way, I guess, but the, uh, uh, and I'm also a security guy, so it's all broken and hackable and all that stuff. But the, uh, um, but the, you, you know, thinking about what could go wrong and what you're going to do about it, you know, like, uh, is really important. And that should be part of a change planning process. I know in a lot of places it isn't. And, you know, you just take it uh, face value. Change, change management should be a risk mitigation thing for most organizations. But, you know, it's it often is just a communications thing or just a CYA record of what changed, that sort of thing. And so, but it should be an, an opportunity for wise people that are that uh, are in the organization to look at a change and and ask questions, kind of like what you're getting at here. You know, what could go wrong? What happens if the maintenance goes long? You know, like uh, what are, how are we going to make a decision about things then? Because if you start thinking about it, then when you're under pressure, the decision gets easier because you've thought about it a little bit. Right. You know, like, so. Yeah, we, we actually, um, we included an entire chapter on that idea in my most recent book in modern data production. It was actually written by one of our, um, multi time, multi time. What would, would, he's been on the podcast more than, more than once, Jeff Rockland, uh, from his well, experience at a, at a very large, uh, <laughs> company. And, you know, this idea, you know, they had the big idea of stakeholders that they had all these meetings Mm-hmm. where you you here's here's the problem this is what we define the problem as does everybody agree this is what the problem is and then the next yeah, meeting is does everybody agree that this is how we're going to sol- solve it right so you, there's you get a balance the input. there though too yeah. you know like too much process is not a good thing you know too much process you know hackers for example love you know the attack well i shouldn't say hackers you know i it's easy to say hackers but hackers can be good or bad you know right. cyber criminals bad right. actors threats all that stuff the apt groups of the world love change change processes like that that take 60 90 days hmm. oh you want a patch good well point. we should think yeah. about it for 90 days you know no when microsoft says that uh, you know active directory is vulnerable you need to patch right now you know and damn damn the change window you know like agree and do you got to do it you know like yeah and so i think, I think this, um, this process is, comes in when like but we're going to change the world right what you know i i got yeah. to participate in it uh this is actually when i met jeff was i was part of a consulting company that was help that was advising them on changing and implementing an entirely new backup system right cool. and backup system is one of those systems that touches everybody right yeah um, hopefully yeah. right um and it yeah, yeah. and hopefully it's a good touch and hopefully it's uh you know it's a it's a last line of defense especially with right. you think about ransomware now i've been talking a lot about backup and recover and less of you know it's less about backup ever than recovery you know like right. the uh, um with ransomware you know like how do you and ransomware is a business continuity problem and a resilience problem when it comes right down to it you know it's an everything's down situation right you know, how do you right. get how do you get back from that and your your backup systems are really important they're your last line of defense and the idea that a lot of attackers <clears throat> you know these ransomware breaches uh these breaches are hundreds of days long and there's yep. a study out there that says the average breach is 200 days in length yeah. You know, like yeah. how does that mesh with your ability to recover? 
you know, uh, so if, if the average time is 200 days, you know, that's more than a year for mm-hmm. some of these, these, uh, these breaches. Can I restore back to, to more than a year ago? You yeah. Know? Yeah. That, that is, that is the problem that, uh, Druva lives, right? So mm-hmm. that, you know, that, that it, it is, it is a real problem, right? You, you mm-hmm. have to, you, because you, 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 you basically have two choices, right? <laughs> you recover to 250 days ago, right? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think that the Lose report I saw was the mean, the mean time was a lot shorter, but the, but the average was a lot longer, but the, but it, it was still a really long time. Right. Yeah. And so you, you, you can recover to, yeah, right. Just what persona said, you recovered it 200 days ago and lose a whole bunch of data yeah. Um, and then do a bunch of onesie twosie restores, which are a giant pain, or mm-hmm. you restore to now, uh, and, and not just potentially, but almost definitely restoring the thing that you're trying to stop, right? you you actually end up restoring. Oh the yeah. Malware, you restore the holes, right? you restore right. the malware, all that stuff. And you get attacked again, you know, right, like, right. and, or the attack just continues, you know? Right. And, so, and so yeah, it's, it's, it's a real, art. it's a real problem. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, welcome, welcome to my life. Yeah. And for um, people who want to know more about that, uh, episode 123, restoring quickly from a ransomware attack with the long dwell time. Uh, we covered a lot about sort of the dwell time, what to do with ransomware, how it lives in the system forever, and why you have to be careful with restoring data. Persona is much better at remembering the episode numbers. To- I'm glad somebody's organized around here. <laughs> I like that. I'm even <laughs> taking notes. You know, I'm going to come. I'm going to go listen to that. Well, in in my defense, he only has to <laughs> listen and talk. <laughs> <laughs> and and remember things like that i have to do everything totally. else like you know the the you know the yeah. the uh the, all the editing so i i you know my heart bleeds for you curtis yeah the, run, the running joke for mm-hmm. persona is that he doesn't listen to our podcast which is true um which is true <laughs> because he can't, he doesn't like to listen to himself talk and i'm like well i'm that same way i'm yeah, really well, that i am too way. but i have no choice because i'm editing the podcast so i have to every episode of this podcast i hear like three or four times by the time i'm done editing oh you like and, to hear yourself talk come on oh, curtis shut up <laughs> stop not true um so let's go back let's go back to the point um so so i i, I going back on, on something you said, persona tagging on that, what I like to do when, when sort of doing that, what could go wrong list. I, uh, I do like to find the most pessimistic person, right. That we have, you know, all of the pessimistic, the people that for, you know, that drive me crazy because I'm actually I, I'm kind of weird. I'm a backup a guy, which makes me yes. perennially optimistic or pessimistic. But I'm actually an optimist, like normally, right? Um, so yeah, so you need you get that pessimist to say things like, "Well, what would happen if somebody deleted all our routes? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what you know, what would happen if you know th- th- that would think about." What would happen if these dependencies? Yeah. What happens if the whole network gets segmented? Yeah, yeah. Right. but I think one of the challenges becomes when you have such a large 
complicated environment and infrastructure like Facebook, it's not one person anymore, right? No one single person understands all the No, yeah, no. And so, like, how many people, like, how many pessimists are you going to have to go talk to, Curtis, to really figure out? A lot of pessimists. I'm just saying, a big pessimistic meeting, right? (laughs) I think it becomes a communication thing then. Like, uh, you know, the something like the change advisory board Mm -hmm. that a lot of uh, organizations have that is much maligned, you know, like, and for good reason, the... uh, uh, um, should should really become a communications thing. Hey, Team X over here is well within their duties of planning an outage. They're going to do some maintenance or whatever here, but uh, um, you know, it's more like a request for comments. Yeah, you know, does anybody see does anybody see a problem with this? Uh, you know, Speak like now. Is, are, <laughs> Yeah, speak now. Uh, is there conflicting maintenance? Because uh, that was another thing that we'd run into from time to time. Uh, two teams that uh, wanted to do maintenance at the same time that actually had inter- intertwined stuff. You know, like how um, if something went, if it went perfectly, everything would be okay. But nothing, you don't plan for perfect. You plan for you know, it being a mess and, uh, you know, and so unwinding that coordination, that sort of thing, um, you know, and then if there are problems, you know, maybe somebody finally says like, you know, if the network's down like this, we're not going to be able to get into the racks and, uh, uh, and maybe you accept that risk. Maybe you say, yeah, yeah, you know, okay. Uh, you know, there, we don't know a good way around it. I know in my past, uh, we've had, we had automated, uh, um, we had card access rack locks and that, but there was also a key, you know, and turns out somebody had that key mm. and, uh, or a couple of people had those keys and we found them and like, Hey, you know, where are you going to be on Saturday? And, uh, that sort of thing. And we actually needed that once we actually gave one of those keys then to, uh, you know, I work for an organization that had its own police force and we had, uh, we actually gave them a copy of the key and they came over with it once, you know, same sort of deal, but, you know, that's the sort of thing, because you can accept the risk, too. You can just say, you know, that dealing with it is too much, and the probability might be a little low, you know, and until you discover otherwise, you know, it seems like a good idea. Yeah, speaking of conflicting maintenance, so we're recording this on the day before Thanksgiving. In about 20 minutes, somebody's coming over, and we're doing maintenance on my refrigerator while my wife is trying to prepare Thanksgiving. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Change advisory board says denied, man. You know, <laughs> it better be emergency. But in my defense, the the fridge is not the uptime on the fridge. Is very <laughs> yeah, low. I suppose you know, like you so, don't have a whole lot of choice. You know? Yeah, luckily, luckily we have a backup fridge in the. Um, See, the there garage. you go, resiliency. You're thinking about yeah. It. So we yeah we have a standby data center fridge uh, in See, the in the garage, and uh, we're currently this using time of that. year in Wisconsin, you can just set all your stuff outside, and you know you actually <laughs> worry about it freezing. You know, you use coolers to keep it from freezing Ooh. rather than you know yeah. you you remind me of uh, many years ago when I lived in Delaware, right? I live in San Diego now. I, I do, we don't know what snow is, right? I lived yeah. in Delaware. Seasons, what are those? You know? And um, yeah. someone sent us a honey baked ham one year. And I didn't like it was a gift sent to us and we didn't know it was sent to us. The UPS person put it on the back porch and then it snowed. We, (laughs) we found it like I'm laughing out of, you know, I've been there. I've seen this movie. Like a few weeks later, we found the honey baked ham frozen on the back porch and, and ate it because it was perfectly (laughs) acceptable. You know, I I like the idea of, you know, everybody, I I completely agree with you, um, Bob, that like, it can't, it can't, 
be too much, but I like this idea of, you know, RFCs, right. You know, uh, yeah, you know, get you know just getting it out there, you know, and having some wise people like as sounding boards, one of you two said this earlier, I think, you know, the idea of a sounding board, the idea of running it past other people, yeah. you know, and, uh, and the, uh, um, being able to do that, having people you trust, people that know the the ins and outs of the other systems that are attached to yours, you know, right. what could go wrong. Maybe they've seen a bunch of stuff and, you know, maybe they've got, you know, pessimism. I don't like calling it pessimism. <laughs> Scars. That's exactly it. Yeah. You know, like the uh, trauma from having dealt with this stuff, you know, like, and, uh, um, and they can bring that to bear on whatever you're planning, you know, and especially when junior admins are, think, are planning stuff, you know, how do you become a senior admin? Well, you practice the stuff and, you know, and you have other senior people take a look at your thing and say, you know, Hey, yeah, you're going to get into trouble here, or you don't have a, a way out. There was something on Twitter today, actually, that I saw that uh, here, uh, let me find it, uh, that I really liked the, uh, um, the mark of a great ship handler is never getting into situations that require great ship handling. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, and that's, um, uh, I retweeted that and it's, uh, I feel that that way about a lot of things that fit in the resilience and business continuity space. Yeah. That, you know, I was in the Navy, uh, and my ship was, um, was, uh, headquartered in, um, uh, in San Diego and it was, ported inside San Diego Harbor and it's a, and it's a, it's a aircraft carrier. And whenever wow. you leave, uh, and, and, you know, for those not familiar with the, um, geography of San Diego, getting from San Diego Harbor out to the Pacific ocean is this sort of snake thing that has to happen. It, it, it's, it's just really, it's like a really wide river is what it kind of looks well, that's like. One of the reasons civilization is there. It was a protected yeah, harbor. Exactly. You know? exactly. Like, and, and, you know, you could and defend it, you know? So but. you, you, um, so whenever you take a ship from inside the Harbor to outside the Harbor, you get what's called a channel pilot, basically a person who knows where all the, you know, the places that you need to not go are, yeah, you know, <laughs> and so that that's what you reminded me of is, you know, you got the old sys admin, right? It's like, you know, mm -hmm. that's a, that's a really good idea. Yeah. We tried that once. <laughs> it did not work. Here's yeah, why it didn't work. Like, yeah. Well, but that's, you know, there's analogies in the IT for that too. You know, uh, you've served as a consultant to yep. many organizations, I think around backups. You're basically the backup channel pilot, right? You know, I'm like, a, yeah. And yeah. you know, so it, it's, it's, um, so I, I think, you know, just overall thinking about this is I, I like what you said, like, you know, we don't want to, you know, th this isn't necessarily, I mean, obviously it, we, we have a little bit of, of fun because it's not us and we, <laughs> we can laugh about it. Yeah. But, I've got deep empathy know, for those folks, yeah, you know, like, cause and, the fog of war is real in incidents too, you know, like you don't know what's down, especially when, when that's going on, you know, it looks like a DNS outage. Everyone thought it was a DNS outage. Well, right. yeah, I guess, you know, but it's really a, a connectivity issue, yeah. right. you know, you're not advertising your routes to the internet anymore. And, you know, that's bad news. And so just figuring out what the root cause is takes time. And especially when you can't get into anything to look at it, you know? So. Yeah. And, and, and now, one other, it, well, go ahead, go ahead, persona. One thing though, is like these PGP issues isn't just like a Facebook problem. Like I know in the past we've yeah. seen Google, right? 
and many other companies also face similar issues. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of those things. Is it just something that you can't really plan for that it kind of just because of how BGP works and everything else, it's just sort of inevitable something could happen and you just have to be able to quickly figure out. Well, that and, sounds like planning for it to me, you know, <laughs> not to be critical of your, yeah. your statement here, but you know, like something that, cause BGP can also be hijacked too, yeah. you know, like, uh, somebody, if I decide from my house here to start advertising Google's routes and things like that, and we see foreign countries do that maliciously yep. or not, you know, like, uh, there's, um, to redirect traffic and things like that, the, uh, um, it, maybe we should be planning for it. Yeah. And maybe that's one of those situations we should be thinking about you know, what happens, what happens when we become disconnected from the internet, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, we, we had, um, and persona, you, you can give out the episode number, but there was a really good, when we had, was it Ron Weasley that we had, um, regarding the disaster recovery incident, we had somebody on that, um, they had to recover a data center on a, an island and uh, we, we we allowed them to use a literal so island. We went, yeah, a literal island cool. uh, as a result of a hurricane. <laughs> and um, we, we we kept everything anonymous, so it was Ron Weasley, and we just called. Yeah, I was going to ask and, about yeah. that. Yeah, no, that's, um, yeah. and um, the their biggest problem that they discovered was that they were dependent on. Uh, was it Active Directory, I think. Yeah, on the it was connectivity back to the mainland yeah, for Active yeah, Directory. That that all of their systems counted on systems back on the mainland, and they didn't yeah. have internet. Right? If you can't operate standalone, if your data center can, cannot operate as an island itself, you know, like maybe not on an island, but yeah. as an island, <laughs> yeah. all of the services that it needs uh, can be provided in some form inside the data center itself, such that you can. You can uh, disconnect the the internet connection, the outbound connections, and everything continues working just fine. Or maybe some sort of degraded state, but it's not all down. Right. You right. know, that's that's important. Yeah. That's really important. Yeah. And that yeah. was episode eighty two, disaster recovery after a hurricane, a first hand account with Sweet. Ron Weasley. It was a good. Yeah, that cool. was a good. It wasn't the actual Ron Weasley, but you know. And there yeah. was a follow on to that, by the way, as well. Was there? Wasn't there a part two? I thought there was yeah. a part two. Yeah, there because was. Because we talked to him for so long. It was, I'm yeah. guessing, episode 83. Uh, would be no, because remember, we had the actual guy who was on the ground. Oh, was, was that not the actual guy? Ron, I thought Ron Weasley oh, sorry, was the you're actual right. guy. Sorry, you're right. No, Ron Weasley was the actual guy. Because we had Harry Potter. Yeah. Yep. Harry Potter knew Ron Weasley. Yes, that is <laughs> it's correct. It's a long story. <laughs> yes. If you want to hear the background, yeah, then that's episode 72, Real Life Hurricane Disaster Recovery Story. Right, oh, right. Cool. 72 and 82. Um, yep. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, well, listen, uh, Bob, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks and, for the uh, invite. And thanks, Persona, as well. No, this is good. I like talking about resiliency. And yeah, it's one of those things that how do you solve it? Probably never going to solve it, but what can we do to make it better? Mm-hmm. I like the yeah. make better mistakes tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. We should all I strive like for that. that. Yeah. yeah. I, um, yeah, the well, and and there's a famous um, what's her name, uh, Maya Angelou quote, and I think I'm going to get it semi correct, which is, we did what we did when we knew what we knew, we know better, and so now we do better, right? I um, like that, and and I like I like what you said, Bob, a lot about um, that you know, 
that try, try really hard not to focus on whose fault it is, right? Because this is <laughs> you know, a management issue, right? Yeah, it might look like somebody's yeah. fault, but, you know, the we're all fighting a war that other people don't know, you know, like uh, it's all the result of cumulative, it's death by a thousand cuts. The, uh, yeah. uh, you know, po- politics, budget, staffing, all sorts of stuff, technical debt, things done during outages. And I guess that, and now that actually reminds me too, when you're in the middle of an outage, be careful about what you do because you're going to, if you make all kinds of changes to things, you're going to have to undo them later. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. weigh that in your mind. Well, uh, you, you know, I like your panic. Yeah. Your thing but, about note, taking notes on everything as it's take going on notes. as well. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Take but, notes. Yeah. Because, you know, your notes will power six months of little improvements here and there. And so the next time you have an outage, it's not so bad, you know, and with yeah. enough practice. And hopefully you'd never get enough practice. But tabletops are great, too, you know, like <laughs> practice in your minds. And, uh, yeah, you know, just doing something rather than doing nothing. Yeah, we've tried nothing and we're... <clears throat> <laughs> we've, sure. Yeah, we've tried nothing and uh, we're all out of options. I think that's a Simpsons quote or we're all out of ideas. Um, you know, yeah. try something. Think about the problem. You know, what would you do? And I, I think that's, you know, rather than blaming Facebook and uh, laughing at them or whatever, you know, using them as a uh, uh, as a an indicator that we can all do better is uh, a better way to go here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, if, for example, the guy in charge of backups pushes the EPO button, um, <laughs> it's not about the yeah, fact that it was the Halon fault. dump button. Better than the Halon dump button. Oh, that is a good, that is a good point. That is a good yeah. point. Uh, anyway, well, um, uh, I'll also thank the listeners uh, and remember to subscribe so that you can restore it all. System isn't worth a spade. Finally, I needed your backup. You had a chance to fix it, instead, it's all jacked up. See how I'll write on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth a spade.
once it'll be completely done. Maybe one day it'll 